Hi everybody, Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church here and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. All right, so we're going to be talking about tonight about the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about activating the Holy Spirit. It's a weird word. It's not biblical at all. I couldn't find it in the Greek or the Hebrew, and you'd be pleased about that. But, <laughs> but we, we use kind of different words for it. We, we talk about the infilling of the Spirit of God, being baptized by the Spirit of God, coming alive to the Spirit of God. We, we can... Um, we can have all kinds of different words about it, but what I want to talk to you about it is about having an encounter with the Spirit of God that shifts you uh, into a, a new reality. Uh, because ultimately the Spirit of God is given to us and is given to you so that you can do the very things that Jesus did. Let me say that again. The Spirit of God is given to you so that you can do the very things that Jesus did. And the Spirit of God is in you. If you said yes to Jesus, if you've laid your life down before him, if you've gone all in, you've pushed all your chips into the center, if you say, God, I love you, I'm serving you, I, I, I surrender my life to you, you've asked Jesus to be in your life, then the Spirit of God is in you. Spirit of God is in you. And, and I, what I want you to realize is that Spirit of God is in you not to make you feel good, even though it can do that, but so you can live a life and do the things that Jesus did. And I don't know about you, but I kind of want to do the things that Jesus did. I want to go and into an environment and be the person of healing, the person of peace. I want to see people broken out of their darkness, out of their bondages, and, and see them come into a new reality of who God has always intended them to be. I want to be that person. And I gather that you want to be that person too. Jesus outlines it in Luke 4. He says, this is why I've come. Come to to um, heal uh, the sick and to, and to give sight to the blind and to release those who are in bondage and to proclaim God's favour upon people. He quotes from Isaiah, and it's just a beautiful picture of what he wants to do in people's lives. And when I walk into a room, that's what I want to do. I want to come up to someone who's struggling with mental health and I want to go, I've got a God who's got a solution for you. I want to come up with someone who's got back pain. I said, I don't know if you believe in God, but I do. Let me pray for you. I want to be like Jesus. And when we say we want to be like Jesus, sometimes we, we talk about his character but we, we want to push aside the power. Yeah. We want to talk about how good he was and how nice he was, but we want to dismiss the miracles and the power in which he proclaimed the kingdom of God. And I want to put to you today that God wants to do in us a work so that we can do this very same things that Jesus did. And I don't know about you, but that fires me up. It has fired me up since 
uh, the time I became a Christian when I realized that the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that enabled everything that Jesus did, lived in me and lives in you. I've been fired up. And so, you know, to be honest, I'm an all-in kind of guy. Uh, when it comes to adventure, I'm all there. You want me to go bungee jumping? I'm there. You want me to jump out of the plane? You better have a very big parachute because I'm going <laughs> to make a big mess otherwise. I'm an all-in kind of guy. And when it came to the Spirit of God, I said, God, here I am. I want all of you. Here I am. I, I lay my heart before you now. And, and, and I wanted to, to experience what I saw other people experience, other people were falling down and having God invade them and, and the anointing of God come upon them and, and all this crazy stuff. And, and I went to the conventions in the 80s and the 90s and I, and I sought for prayer and all that kind of stuff and absolutely nothing happened. Here I was going, God, I want all of you. And, and I'll be standing in a line and the, and the preacher would go past and just sort of wave their hand and everyone would fall over and I'd just be standing there going, I suppose I'm a really big unit and nobody wanted to catch me. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to have that blessing. I've had people, men of God, pray over me and, and, and I, I've been searching for this, this feeling, this emotion, this anointing and I wanted it to come before me and it's just evaded me. And I'm going, oh, God, what's going on? And I started to doubt myself. And maybe you doubt yourself. I said, well, maybe you need to be a special kind of person to have this kind of anointing. Maybe, maybe I, I, you know, I, I just don't have what it takes. I'm, I'm ready. I'm open. I want it. But maybe I'm just not chosen for it. Uh, maybe, I, um, maybe I just don't have the character that's needed. You know, these people that get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to pray for six hours before they start the day. I'll be lucky to get out of bed after seven. And I think, well, maybe it's, maybe it's my character. Maybe, maybe God has to keep on refining me. Maybe I need to continue to, to be submissive to him. And, 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 and I believe that I still need to do that. But, but then God's spirit started to talk to me. He goes, Barry, why are you chasing your actions and why are you chasing after the holy men of God? Why are you chasing after there for an experience of my spirit? Why aren't you chasing me? Why aren't you looking to me and, and listen to my voice and what my voice has to say to you? And if you do that, then I'll give you a power and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so I, I started to press in and listen to the voice of God and to, to seek for the voice of God in my life. And as I was reading through the scriptures again, I was starting back at the beginning of Genesis. And Genesis 1-2, there's this little verse that just jumped out of the pages to me. And I, and I love that when God jumped something out of the page to me. And it says that, you know, God... In the beginning there was God and his spirit hovered over the waters. And for some reason that just sort of jumped out at me. And so I looked it up, the, the Hebrew and all the geeky things that you do when you're really interested in a passage. And, and, and the word hovering actually means brooding. 
that the Spirit of God, before that God had spoke a word, the Spirit of God was there brooding over the waters. And I said, God, give me some insight into what you mean by brooding. Does that mean that you're just a sulky teenager? He said, Barry, it means that the Spirit was pregnant with anticipation. That the Spirit of God was sitting there waiting patiently for the Word of God to come. It was brooding. It was ready. It was expectant. It was wanting to get into action and it was just waiting for the Word to come. And then when I realized that the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was in me and it was in there waiting for the Word of God to break it forth, to fill me, to overflow me, or whatever. When I realized that the Spirit of God was in me, and it was the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it was the same Spirit in which Jesus did the miracles. And that I needed to seek His voice and His word to see it come out in my life. And so I spent some time just pondering on this and, and seeking after God's voice. And I started to read John's gospel. And John's gospel, Jesus says these things. He says, I do not speak anything that I don't hear my Father in heaven speaking. And a bit later he says, and I don't do anything that I don't see my Father in heaven doing. And, and it gave me some further insight that as Jesus was walking and doing what he was doing, he wasn't randomly going uh, anywhere. He was following the voice of God inside of him and he was doing what he saw the Father doing and he was saying what he heard the Father saying and he was waiting for the Spirit of God to activate the Word of God, to activate the Spirit within him so he could do what he was called to do. And when we realise that, that the Spirit of God is not this hyper thing, It's not this emotional experience, although it can be. But it is about the voice of God coming alive inside of us so the power of God can be released. Then we see that God can do even more inside of us than what we can hope or believe. Now maybe, I mean I've met people like this, maybe you're, you're a little bit freaked out about the whole Holy Spirit stuff. Maybe people praying in tongues freaks you out a little bit. I've ran into people that go, look, don't speak in tongues. And I get people who are worried about whether they should have the gift of tongues or not. And we get all worked up about these things. And I said, well, if you want the gift of tongues, it's really simple. Well, you sit, no, sorry, if you want to pretend you've got the gift of tongues, it's really simple. All you do is go rubber dinghy, rubber dinghy, rubber dinghy, and everybody will think you're praying in tongues. <laughs> and so if you want to be a little bit more sophisticated, then, then just say, I thought I bought a Honda, but I bought a Hyundai instead. And just say that really fast. <laughs> thought I bought a Hyundai, but I bought a Honda instead. And you sound like you're speaking in tongues. I mean, we can, we can have all these words that f- 
flood over us in our experience of it. We can get freaked out by people giving us words or, 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 or people um, speaking in tongues. We can, we can fear that God is somehow going to overtake us and that we're not going to have any control. I've had people say, Barry, you know, you, you speak in tongues. But if I speak in tongues, does it just come upon me? Or, 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 or do you have any kind of control over it? I said, no, you can switch it on and off whenever you like. Because the Spirit of God doesn't overtake you. The Spirit of God works with you. And so, you know, you can have all this fear about being, you know, a super spiritual kind of person. You can have this belief that you're not good enough. That's where I was. You've got to have a belief that it's for for other people but not for you. But when you come to the realisation that the Spirit of God is so you can do the things that Jesus did... The Spirit of God is just wanting to work through you to see his kingdom come here on earth like it is in heaven. When you just see that the Spirit of God is in you so that you can do the things that Jesus did. That's what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It said, Jesus says, wait, because my power will come so that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world. And so when we realise that the Spirit of God is not about making us hyper-spiritual, but it is about making us the witnesses, then we can come to it with a whole new flavour and a whole new way. I want to read to you uh, tonight, if I can, from Acts chapter 3. I know um, that Mike preached on Acts chapter 2 last week and the prophecy of Joel uh, that Peter outlined in that. And that's a really important prophecy because if you take it literally, and I encourage you to take it as literally as you can, it basically says the, the Holy Spirit is given for all people. The young, the old, the male, the female, doesn't matter who you are. You say yes to Jesus, you're in. Yeah. I love that. There's no ambiguity. Male, female, young and old, get into it. So I'm going to push a little bit further in, into chapter 3. So if you've got your devices or your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 3. And we're just reading a very uh, small story from uh, 1 down to 10. And if you grew up in church, you probably would have sung a very horrible children's song um, about the crippled man and Peter and John. And that's what we're going to read uh, tonight. Uh, so this one. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. They weren't early risers either. And it's always, <laughs> always comfort to my soul. Now, a crippled man from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. And the, and the temple had different gates in which you could enter. And one of them was the, the, the gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg So that those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, said, look at us. So the man gave uh, them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. That's the children's song. How many people know the children's song? Okay, good. Because it's a terrible song. 
Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And for some reason, I want to start singing it. Taking him by the right hand. No, I don't want to inflict that pain onto you. It's not a spiritual gift of mine singing. (laughs) Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. So this is the very first story after that big Pentecost encounter where where 3,000 people, Peter preached, 3,000 people, if it was Mike it would have been 4,000, but he, he preached there and they gathered into a community and, um, and formed the first church. And they started to share something. That's the end of chapter 2. But this is the very first story of chapter 3. And I want to put to you that Luke puts it there for a reason. Because he puts it there that when the Spirit comes in power, the first story you get is Peter and John doing what Jesus did. And that is he's walking up to people who are broken, who are crumbling, who are in desperate need and giving the hope of the gospel into their lives. I want to tell you that, it, that I reckon Luke puts it there specifically so we can see that the Holy Spirit empowers us to continue the mission of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I can, I can read that passage and go, wow, they were, they were amazing. Somehow they've been filled with the Spirit beyond what I can be filled with the Spirit and that they, they're incredibly brave and, and, and miraculous. How did they have the faith to know that they could reach out the hand and lift this guy up and his ankles would be, be made strong and his legs would be made strong and he could get up and walk? How did he know How did they know? Were they just brave? Were they they more faithful? Because I don't know if I have that in me. I don't know if you read the stories of the Bible and place yourself into it, but I do. And I ask myself those questions. Can I be that spirit-filled? Can I be that, that, uh, that close to God that I can do that? And then I take a step back. And I go, yeah, those guys were incredible, but maybe it's not as miraculous as what we think it is. Now, I'm not going to talk about the fact that I don't think the miracle happened. I think it did. I think that we just put too much onus on the people and not enough on God. You see, I don't think that as Peter and John were walking to the temple to prayer this time or any other time that this is the only beggar that they came across I don't think that this is the only time that someone has rattled the tin and asked them for money. So why this guy? Well, this is, this is what I assume happens as I, I meditate on this passage, that as they were walking to the temple, they would have gone past many beggars, kind of like the guys in the supermarket in the middle that you kind of don't want to talk to because they want to sell you something that you don't want to have. You don't know those people. I just sort of... Go to the side. 
I just don't want to make eye contact. For me, they're the lepers of today. <laughs> All right, that's a big call. Okay. I just wanted to know if you're still there. He'd walk that. I can't imagine them not walking past other lepers and other people asking for money. So my, my mind goes to, well, what makes this special? What I think that was happening is they're walking past these people, probably talking about what they were going to do in the temple, going about their business, passing past these people, and the Spirit of God spoke. And said, Peter, John, that one. And they were, what? He goes, heal that one. And I think that's why Peter and John stopped. It's not because they hadn't been asked before. This is not because it's their first beggar that they came across. It's because the Spirit of God, the Word of God, rose up within them and they said that one. And then they had confidence to go, God wants to do something in you because I've heard the Spirit of God say that He wants to heal you. So it's not me that needs to have the faith. I've already got it from God because the Word has come and has activated my spirit. So I'm going to put down my hand and I'm going to say, look, I don't have what you want, but I have what you need. And I'm going to go down and grab you and pull you up and see what God does. So we can think that it's an amazing and spiritual experience. I just think that it was the word of God that came to Peter and Paul and activated the faith and the spirit to work through what they needed to work through. Because the Spirit of God wants you to do what Jesus did. The Spirit of God wants to empower you to do what Jesus did. And if we're afraid and if we want to hide that away, then we will stay impotent in our faith. If, if we don't want to engage in the mission of God that Jesus set forth from the very beginning to set this free, to bring kingdom down here, to enable God to move and breathe in people's lives, to see people come to faith. If we're not about that, what are we on about? And so, this, so the Spirit of God wants to be uh, activated in your life to, so that you can do the things that Jesus did. And if you want, if there's something in you as I'm speaking that says, you know what, Barry, I get you. I have been afraid or I have wanted to do something more than what I'm doing in my faith. I wanted to see God work through me in a deeper and a more profound way. Then I want to say to you today that the way that you do that is to chase after the voice of God. You know, there's, there's the Holy Spirit experience, and it's beautiful. I've felt the Spirit come upon me in power. Uh, you, you had God ministering to you and, and sitting in God's presence, and it's beautiful. But the experience is not what you need to chase. It's the voice of God that you need to chase. Because in the voice of God, then everything will be added unto you. All the spiritual gifts that are outlined in 1 Corinthians 12 really are all gifts where you hear from God and then you go and do it. 
So God has given me a gift of prophecy and words of knowledge. And I'm working and praying on the gift of healing. And, and they all involve me hearing what God says and then speaking it out. So if God wants me to prophesy, what does he do? He says, Barry, this is what I want you to say. And then I say it. And if I have words of knowledge, which is knowing stuff about people <laughs> that you shouldn't know. I remember I was praying with someone. Well, I was praying, I was praying for six hours with a, on a camp once. And one of the youth leaders came and said, Barry, I can't hear God. And God just says, Stop, tell her to stop sleeping with her boyfriend. And so I said, I don't know if this is right or not. But this is what God's saying. And she just looked stunned. And she said, how did you know? I said, well, I didn't know. God knows. But that's what the gift of knowledge is. It's about helping uh, someone realize that God knows what is happening in your life and wants to do something. Now, it freaks people out because they think that you know everything. <laughs> Every little detail of their life. And no, you don't. I only know what God tells me. To. I can only prophesy what God tells me. If I had the gift of discernment, I would only know what is of God and what is not when God tells me. When I, when I pray for healing for people, I only know how to pray for healing when God tells me what's wrong with the person. Because sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's spiritual. I don't know. All I can do is say, God, this person's come to me for healing. What do you want to do? And God's voice speaks and says, this is what I want you to do. And then I get to it. Every spiritual gift is about hearing from God and responding. And so we're going to chase the voice of God. Not the experience. The experience will come. You'll feel God's presence. You'll be empowered and boldened for the work of God. But you've got to chase the voice. And sometimes I feel that we're just so content of opening up our daily devotions because daily devotions because Pastor Jenny says it's a great thing to do and we, we open it up and, and we read a little bit of scripture and then Pastor Mike says we should journal so we journal a few thoughts down and we close the book, we get on with our day and we think that we've done everything that we need to do. And we go to church on Sunday, we sing some happy songs which are fantastic. How good's the band? But maybe, if you want to see the Spirit activated in your life, you chase the voice and chase what God is saying to you out of the Scriptures. You chase what God wants to say to you today. You chase the voice of God in your life. You walk into a room and you say, God, where's your voice? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Because we can put out the voice of God in our lives. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 says that we can, we can squash the Spirit. We can put out the Spirit's fire. It warns us about it. He warns us about it so clearly. He says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. 
And so we can, we can be people who, who, uh, who put things in the way of God. And I remember when I was a, a, a brand new Christian and came to faith, and God's Spirit started to speak to me, and I started to hear the voice of God. We were in this little dingy under-the-stage room at our church because we, we had church in the evening, then we had Bible study after church, and then we had a prayer meeting after that. It's a good thing the girls were pretty. And so, and so we, we would go there, and as I was sitting there in this prayer meeting, God would start to speak to me. And God would start to, to say to me, uh, I, I want you to pray for this person. I want you to give this person a word. This is what's happening in their life. Or this is what I want you to declare for them. And, and I got so fearful and so paranoid about it. I said, well, God, what if I hear you wrong? I don't want to be responsible for saying you should quit your job and go and do something else. I don't, I don't want that, Lord. And, and so God would say, no, I want you to do it. And I said, I can't do it. I'm too scared. What if I'm wrong? And then God took his voice away. He goes, well, Barry, if you're not going to use it, you can do without it. You don't use it, you lose it. And so I went through two years where the voice of God disappeared from my life. The longest two years. Until I could get back to the point where I could get on my knees and say, God, let me rephrase my answer to your question. Because you've given me this, I miss it. I miss the voice of God. I miss being in prayer and having you speak to me and having you, you speak through me. He says, God, I miss it. So let me rephrase it. God, I want to do it. Just help me to know how I can do it. And I was so fearful that I was going to say, this is what God says to you. And God said, Barry, you don't need to do that. All you need to do is gently go up to someone and say, you know what? I don't know if I'm hearing God right or not, but this might be something that God is saying for you. And he said, and let me do the work. And so as I started to, to say to and, and started to outwork that in my life and I could go up to people and just go, look, I'm not sure if I'm 100% right because sometimes I'm dead wrong. But I think God is saying this to you. And it brought me freedom and, and brought the voice of God back into my heart. We've got to chase the voice of God. We can't push the voice of God down. And if God's voice is saying to you that you need to deal with sin, then you need to deal with sin. The voice of God is not going to change until you surrender it to him. The voice of God is going to disappear if you keep on thinking that you know better than God. The voice of God is going to disappear until you say yes to whatever the voice of God is asking you to do. And if you want to do the things that Jesus did, you've got to surrender those things. Even this morning, I, as I was praying before I came to the morning service, God brought to my heart again that I had bitterness in my heart towards someone. Hadn't thought about them for ages. And then all of a sudden, uh, the thought came into my mind and I had to go, you know what, God? I thought I'd forgiven them, but obviously I haven't. I had to lay it down again because Jesus is pretty, pretty clear 
if you don't forgive, then he has a real issue with that. Because you have been forgiven. And so the voice of God can come to us, but the Spirit of God is brooding, is waiting, is, is delighting to be activated in your life. It is sitting there in impregnant anticipation of God's Word coming to you and ushering you in to what He wants you to do. God's Spirit is in you. And the same Spirit is in you as the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's brooding and it's waiting and it wants to know, do you want to do the same things as Jesus? And are you going to put it out? Are you going to push it to the side? Or are you going to go all in? Because that's what we need to do. If, if our yes is there, if we are looking at wanting to have an experience of God and an encounter with God, then we need to be all in. Our, our, our story then becomes, when we say yes to the Spirit, becomes the same story that we see in Peter and James. Sorry, Peter and John. When we start to say yes to chasing the voice of God and enabling the voice of God to, to be birthed into our life, then the story of Peter and John becomes our story. As we start to see God move in our life in that way. And that's how we do evangelism at Powerful Gardens. We have a, a playgroup we run twice a week and I've been working with staff for a couple of years now that as soon as you hear that one of the, one of the parents has an issue, one of the children has an issue, offer to pray for them. Not going, I'll pray for you sometime, but pray for them right there and then. And we've had, we've had 10 people come to faith last year because all we did is say, I don't expect you to have faith, but I've got faith. I don't expect you to heal yourself, but I know a God that can heal you. I don't expect you to put the pieces back together because I know a God who can put the pieces back together. And so the story of Peter and John walking along and saying, silver and gold have I none, should not just be their story, but it should be our everyday story. Because the Spirit of God is brooding in you, waiting for you to say yes. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you're able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.